0: Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to the Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network with more than 4 million listeners. I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Catherine McKenzie. Catherine was born and raised in Montreal, Canada, a graduate of McGill in history and law. Catherine practiced law for 20 years before leaving the practice to rightful time. An avid runner, skier, and tennis player, she's the author of numerous best-selling works, including Hidden, Fractured, The Good Liar, and I'll Never Tell. Her works have been translated into multiple languages, and please join us, and I'll Never Tell have also been optioned for development into television series. Woo! Welcome, Catherine! thank you (laughs) who doesn't love it's something about tell i I don't know as a writer like the best words ever are options for television or you know or movies it's like of course who doesn't want to see their their stuff up there so okay i don't show us the beautiful book because i don't have my final copy yet but i I have it today it's so gorgeous so tell our listeners about have you seen her
1: So Have You Seen Her is about a woman named Cassie Peters, who is leaving her life in New York. Um, We'll find out why, obviously. And she's returning to Yosemite, California to work on search and rescue team there, which she did 10 years ago. And she soon gets involved in the disappearance of a young couple that echoes a disappearance that happened 10 years ago that she
0: also investigated. And that's it. That's all. It's like, that's just... That's the carrot being dangled in front of you. It's a very good carrot. It's a very, and I love the story and how things come together. No spoilers, um, is super, super fun. So can you remember um, sort of the seed for the story, how it came to you? I love hearing these these stories.
1: So actually my sister and brother-in-law worked search and rescue in Yosemite for five years. And um, they just always had these like insane stories of rescues that they'd been on. And and so it had long been in my head and they recently moved back to that area. So it had long been in my head to maybe set something there. And then two summers ago, um, Gabby Petito disappeared in Jackson Hole in Grand Teton National Park where I've spent a lot of time, but have also set several books. And um, And before we knew what had happened to her, it it just sort of sparked this cascade of ideas. Um, And um, it's not her story, but I would say it's kind of what I wish her story had been. If, if, when you've read it, that makes sense, I think. Yes, it does. Um, And obviously it's a terrible, terrible story, but I, I thought it was so interesting to really have something where the setting is like a character in the book. And Yosemite is so overwhelming of a place and so iconic, um, and to to have access to my sister and brother-in-law and that sort of background stuff. And then I've now spent quite a bit of time in Mammoth where they live, which is just outside the park and in the park. So it's actually like in Sutu when I was writing this book, which um, I've never done before with a book that I've set somewhere I don't live. So not that I've actually set any books where I live really, but anyway, so uh, that's a different conversation, but so, so that was the germ of, of, of it. And then, you know, it went from there.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that, I mean, so I grew up in Northern California, so, you you know, I'm very, you know, very familiar with Yosemite, of course. And yeah. I thought, you know, there was so much authenticity. Um, I think people who haven't visited, um national parks or haven't spent a long time inside the park right you know rather than sort of on the main roads that you travel through the park don't realize just how much acreage there is just and you know you can fly a helicopter but it's like there's trees and there it really is it's an it's an it's and that's what such a, makes it such these parks such jewels but when you get lost in them right
1: they're so huge and i mean yosemite is enormous and it has, you know, I chose to set the book in the Tuolumne Meadows part of Yosemite, which is closer to where my sister lives and where I spent more time and is a smaller sort of more self-contained area than the valley floor, which is the famous part where there's El Capitan and Half Dome and, yes. you know, all the movies are all set there. And, um, but yeah, like it's just trees and lakes and and granite. And if you get off the trail, like, see you later, you know, um, because yeah. you are just walk and walk for miles and and for sure there's these search and rescue squads which are semi volunteer they only get paid if they actually go on a rescue um which is a bit weird and you know and and then there's you know there's the permanent park staff but there's way less people policing these areas and there for safety than you'd think given how many visitors come in and i mean you know you live near another great national park you know um, which I've, you know, Yellowstone's also vast and um, I, yep. I've been there a bunch of times too. But um, yeah, I think people think about like, oh, the path, like the concrete path into the wilderness. And then one mile later, the concrete path disappears and you're kind of on your own, you know?
0: Right. And I think it's interesting. And we, I actually, we were in um, Arizona this um, March and we were um, just hiking um, Tom... Thumb, I think, is what it's called, uh, out, which is in um, in Scot- outside Scottsdale, and basically, it somebody had to get to they had to climb up. They tried to land a helicopter. They had to rescue somebody. And the thing that is so true of these situations is people do, and that's not even a big. I mean, that's not even a big hike, but people go in completely unprepared, right? I mean, they don't have the water, the food, a map, a compass. You know, any—I mean, they're really—and you know, it, no, let alone sort of like gear. If the weather changes, which in all of these places Always it happens. does, it does yeah. in a, a heartbeat. Um, yeah. And I think you know, and it is—it puts you know, they put themselves in these precarious situations. I think you know, ignorantly, but often unknowingly. Um. But then they also put all these search and rescue people in in bad positions, which you know, you you do that in the book and show us, and it yeah. and it, the 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 you know, the park um, is an incredible character in the book. And it is like, you You know, this is what's fun is for me, it was fun because I, you know, spent some time there, but I think no matter who you are, being in that park with them is, um, it's really fun. And it gives you a sense for just, you know, we're used to these gritty city type, you know, suspense novels, but boy, the wilderness is, you know, a wild, wild and crazy place. So
1: yeah, and, and- there's a bear and, <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> There yeah. are bears. There are actual Yeah, there's bears. lots of bears. Well, and I think also, you know, it really struck me for the first time, a difference between Canada and the U.S. And, you know, I grew up hiking actually in the Adirondacks in upstate New York. Um, and it's much more, I'd say, in the Canadian model of wilderness. But the first time that I went to um, uh, that national park in Utah. Um, Canyon
0: or Bryce? I've been um, to Bryce
1: similar but um, oh, anyway one of them yes and yes I, and it was really what I thought was so interesting is that these paved paths where I was like it's just far enough for someone to get into trouble because yeah. they, it's, they're on a sidewalk but it's you know they have they they never hiked they're out of shape it's hot as hell they don't have water and and you know unfortunately many many rescues that my sister and brother-in-law went on were literally littering out people who just never should have gone in there in the right. first
0: place right and
1: right, um right. and that's that's a crazy experience and yeah putting their own lives at risk and and um and then i think people also they were really on the team before cell phones were ubiquitous but I'm sure now they must get called all the time like hey I need some water up
0: and you know like Mm it's like no that's not what they're here for (laughs) right well and still to this day at least you know uh, in Yellowstone a lot of places are still you know you get into a dead spot you've got no cell phone so if you think that you're taking your cell phone on your on your long hike, and that's going to be your savior, well, then you're going to be sadly disappointed. Um, And yeah, and there's so many factors. And I think people underestimate those, you know, their own strength, they overestimate their own strength, and they underestimate um, the elements in in real ways. And I'm curious about your, um, you know, your sister and brother-in-law, did you have, have you been out there when they've been rescuing to get to see what it's like?
1: No, I haven't done that. But what I did do is I watched like, every climbing movie documentary that exists in a really compressed time so you know i watched free solo i watched yes the dawn wall i watched the alpinist um and four or five other ones that you know yeah a thing saying um 16 summits and and i've all i've long been a fan of um books about everest climbs and i've seen like every single movie about all the disasters on everest so yeah I myself climbed um, the Grand Teton, yeah, uh, a few well, now several years ago. and uh, and that was its own sort of harrowing experience. So yeah.
0: um,
1: so i I haven't seen them do a rescue, but i've I've definitely seen people be rescued and and um you know, they're rock climbers as well, and but I, I suck at rock climbing. but um,
0: and and you era- like it. You're out. Yeah, you're well, out
1: there. And you, yeah. Well, I, I'm. It's it's fun to watch, though. It's really nerve wracking. I am f- afraid of heights. One of the reasons why I'm bad at rock climbing, and I get like sympathetic vertigo. You oh. Know? I couldn't watch Free Solo
0: for years
1: because even though I knew he lived, I was still like, I just I can't. Yeah.
0: Fair I, movie, you know. I tell- Totally, yeah. totally fair. I totally get it. So let's talk about um uh you know Cassie, the main character of the story, because one of things I think is super interesting and done really well in the book, um, in among many things, is the fact that she's such a different person, right? She she leaving her life in New York and then coming right. to Yosemite, um, she's she's really two people. And I actually think that's that's something that maybe we all have a little bit, like right. when we're in different places. So I wanted you to talk about your inspiration for her and also sort of like the way in which, you know, maybe we all change depending on sort of our uh, where we are.
1: Yeah, well, I, I, I've i long sort of observed that. And even in myself, you know, like, if you go suddenly you end up with the people you were friends with in high school, like suddenly you're acting like you did when you were 16 years old, then it's like, why am I being like this? You know, but it, it's situational, mm-hmm. right? And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in my mind, Cassie is someone who, well, she obviously runs away from her problems and, you know, there's that expression that everywhere you go, there you are, but, um, but I don't actually think that's true for her necessarily because like, she's just not a long-term planner. She's just a reactor. And, um, and so she, she, you know, had these bad things happen to her in her first summer in search and rescue this traumatic you know this couple gets lost and um this girl dies and she blames herself and and so she starts to run away and and then she gets involved with a man and and she just slips into his life basically and just leaves her own life behind in until she can't anymore and then when she needs to leave that situation the only thing she can think of is oh I'll just go back and do the thing I used to do (laughs) right 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 and um and I think that's just kind of like her limited scope on life um and and her the way that she's just very reactive um so I think sometimes I like I I really actively try not to put myself in books and I think sometimes I I figure out my characters by being like what's the opposite of what I yeah right Right. you know and that's how like and then I know it's not me because like there's zero chance that I would do anything that Cassie does in this book so Right. Um, and you know the other thing that was fun was I hadn't written some so, so Cassie's 30 and I hadn't written someone who is um that young in a thriller in a long time yeah. and um, so that was you know getting into that headspace too where I, I it's so different than when you're in your 20s when you're in your 30s when you're in your 40s these are all such right. different places in life right and so going back to that like yeah when you were late 20s, early 30s, like you just made stupid decisions because it just didn't feel like they had consequences.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Of course. That's so true. And, And, you know, and speaking of sort of her transition, like there's another sort of thing that shows up in the book is sort of the idea of abuse, you know, and and how people are affected by it so differently. Right. Right. And the responses to it are so different. And I thought that was, you know, seems like something you were exploring as you're writing this book. And I'd love to hear you know more about you know what that sort of what that yeah, interests well, I mean, you
1: I think I think it's so easy to judge those situations from the outside you know and um you know whenever I get into those conversations I'm always like well it's not like the guy slaps you in the first date right that's right. that's not what happens because right. obviously everyone would turn around and walk out if that right. happened so right. um but there are people who tend to um uh, get into these situations over and over again, and it's not their fault. You know, I, a friend of mine actually, I thought, described it really well. It's that you get used to being badly treated, and so when you get back into a situation like that, it feels familiar. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, this is comfortable because I know what this is. Right. You know, and I think that that's part of it. I think that that people who are abusive are very good at figuring out who they can do that to and get away with it. But there's also these seductions that happen, and and so. I think that, um, yeah, I wanted to explore sort of the various facets again, you know, because like the inspiration for this was Gabby and Gabby was abused and, and, you know, you look at her and you're like, you're this beautiful girl who is 20 years Mm -hmm. old or whatever. Like, how did this happen? And, you know, how did the cops like fall for this guy? And, you know, all these things that happened that contributed to her, um, to her death and the, the way the family must've looked the other way and, and all that stuff too. Right. And so um, I, I think that there's just so many levels of that, um, many more levels than we think. And, and, you know, I've had, uh, several friends get out of bad marriages and not necessarily physically abusive, but it's like, wow, there's just like so much more abuse than you think there is. And people don't talk about it even to the right.
0: Because right. you talk about it, you make it real. And I think there's so much shame in it. There's, there's so much shame. So much shame. We feel so much shame for like, Letting ourselves be treated badly, sticking around. Um, yeah, I, I mean I, I can I mean I think that's true in, in relationships where there's you know emotional or, or physical abuse, but also infidelities and you know l- you know lying and deceit, all, like a million reasons why we million reasons. immediately yeah. feel like we're to blame. And I think this is I know it happens to men and there's no question, but I think it's yeah. really much more of a woman uh, scenario. It happens, it happens more frequently to women. Um,
1: a hundred percent. And I mean, and women are not believed too. Right. And right. so, you know, if a guy said, I was walking down the street and someone punched me in the face, they wouldn't be like, well, why are you making that up? Like that, you know, right. That guy would get right. arrested. And that would be the end of that. And so, right. um, you know, there's so many shocking statistics, but one of them that really sticks with me is that women who claim abuse and divorce lose their the custody of their children like they say that their child has been abused or that they were abused and their husband was abusive not only are they not believed they tend to lose custody of their kids right and when you're
0: you're putting the the children
1: over to the abuser like that it's so screwed up but like the evidence is there for that and so um
0: yeah so, so
1: it's it's just crazy and and again you know if we take Gabby Petito as an example like Somebody called the cops because they saw him hit her. Mm -hmm. There's an eyewitness to this event. She has marks on her face. She immediately goes into abuser protective mode and he's a sociopath. So he's like, all good here. He's not emotional. He's not upset. Of course he isn't. That is what, that's the proof that he's the abuser. If he had been hit for real, then he'd be upset too. But he's not upset. He's perfectly fine. And what do they do? They put, you know- like, yes, they separate them, but basically they're like going to file charges against her. You know, it's, they did the opposite of everything that they're supposed to do. And and I don't know, why are we so programmed in society to believe men? Um, when, right. of course, men perpetrate 90% of the violence. <laughs> you know, I so know. Right. It is, it, in this scenario, is it that she hit him and she weighs 90 pounds or he hit her? Which one's more like, well,
0: it's 90-10. That's right. Right. <laughs> it is, God, it is, That is, I know it's, it does really shock me to hear. I mean, of course it's, you know, it's just, it is so shocking and it is still so prevalent. And we thought, I would have thought, you know, that it's by, at some point we would have sort of figured this stuff out, but we clearly have not. Um, Mm -hmm. And I love, so I love the fact that, that, you know one of the themes in this book is about that. And it's not, it's not like we're reading the book and being hammered over the head with the messages. Some fun thing about thrillers, I think, is it's a way to explore the really dark realities for a lot of people in a way that I hope, we hope, right, is just fun and entertaining primarily, because that's our job. But also that, that makes people think like, wow, this is, you know, this looked like one thing, people, you know, misinterpreted it and look what happened, you know, kind of stuff. So another fun thing that you do in the book is is mothers, right? There's all these, there's mothers in the book. And I think, you know, of course I am a mother. I have, we have mothers. um, Everyone has a mother. (laughs) Everyone has a mother. um, And it is very much like the sort of different ways in which our mothers, you know, impact our lives right and, and it's always the mother's always to blame too that's sort of the other like hilarious right. we're always the ones that like we messed up our kids uh, you know right. for whatever reason right. we got we <laughs> we do yeah. that so mothers
1: but i love around,
0: it you know? yeah. yeah but i love that um i love that those relationships are so different right like you know cassie's mother and she are have a very estranged relationship you know petals mother is not in her life at all um, and and Jada really works to please her mother. There's these three women whose, whose mother relationships are really different, which I think is a really, you know, interesting thing that you explored there. So, you know, um, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, first of all, we're like, we're writing thrillers, right? So it's not all going to be happy go lucky. And you came from such a nice family, you know, right. uh, right. You know, I, I remember in, in edits, so there's a, Cassie hasn't seen her mother in 10 years and obviously her mother's not happy about this and and she goes to have lunch with her and they get they get into it because you know only your family can drive you from zero to crazy in like 10.2 seconds right and totally um and um and I remember you know one of my editors was like well this seems like like a lot in this conversation and I'm like "Mm, I've toned this down actually (laughs) yeah (laughs) This could have gone like even bigger than this, I feel like. And and I just think it's so interesting um, that, 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 yeah, the, those early relationships, I just think like shape your whole worldview about things. And so if, you know, to take Cassie for an example, her dad basically abandoned them when her mom was pregnant and was barely in her life. But, and it's not that she's close to her dad, but she somehow has, I guess, more forgiveness for her dad because he just did the one injury where the mom, she was left with the, the mom who's obviously broken by being abandoned and being a young mom and just trying to do her best, but that she was still in
0: that line of fire. Right. You know? Right. Which is interesting yeah. actually in there in itself. It's like, why, you know, and it's and this is not a unique story. I think it's absolutely authentic, is that we, you know, we can forgive the guy, you know, the the sort of distant dad who had who didn't do anything because you know like you said his one he just abandoned us once versus you know feeling like the mother abandons us every time she says something mean or you know yeah
1: she takes out her hurt on you because you're the only one that's there and you're the reminder of the bad thing that happened to her right yeah and then I think you know for for Petal, whose mom took off when she was a kid and left her in a shitty situation she kind of understands she's like yeah I would Get out of here too if i could you know and she she's not mad at her mom like yeah she's just like yeah good good on you you know just right send me a postcard let me figure out where you are and and i think again it, it's kind of the flip side of of cassie i do like to sometimes plot people who are kind of inside out of one another of course um, yeah because cassie really doesn't give a crap about her dad and isn't right. ever looking for him and um, uh, whereas like Petal's whole personality is shaped around like I'm gonna go find now I'm a grown- up, so I'm gonna go find her, you know, mm-hmm. but not to be mad at her. She just wants to have a relationship with her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and Jada and her mom, I mean, that's super complicated, and I, I don't want to give anything away right. Um, anyways, right, but but, um, yeah, you know what? Jada also was like a s- single mom, and i I think or was the product of a single mom, and I think that, um. I think that that, like, you can have an amazing family with a single parent home, but there's just so many more obstacles. Of course, of course. You know, yeah. To that situation. And, um, and I think it marks people. And I think that, you know, if I, I take Jada as an example. I think that she saw an intact family and she was like attracted mm-hmm. to her boyfriend, not just him, but everything that he represented
0: absolutely absolutely i think it's like a fairy
1: tale of like oh that's what a family is supposed to be like
0: right right which which absolutely we do right we do of course pick people for what we think they will provide us that we're missing um yes absolutely and and you know to that point like one of the things i really also love about the book is sort of the idea about this family we create right? Because especially like in intense situations, like the, you know, the team at Search and Rescue, and I yeah. know this from friends, I have lots of friends who worked many years in Yellowstone before sort of, you know, settling into to our town and having more, you know, less high-risk jobs. Um, but it is, there's a real sense of that in this book too, which is really fun, right? Because I think that's true for all of us. We, always, you know, if we have family, it's one thing, but in addition, we do create a family from the people that are around us.
1: Agree, like fa- found family, I think is, yeah. is a big thing. And and I also, you know, I didn't work in search and rescue, but I went to the same summer camp for nine years and, and those proximity, heightened stakes, time periods in our life that, you know, and I think about what the kids who had been at camp for two weeks were
0: leaving like Bowling, of course yeah oh I remember crying after two weeks absolutely right
1: right and you know and the and the adults too you know and so um and and I think with with fear um that just and you have to rely on these people too right it's it's because when you're out on a rescue it's that other person needs to be doing their job so you don't die trying to save someone else right so it's those those definitely those heightened stakes but it's also a bunch of people that like, I think, you know, Cassie really has trouble trusting people or letting her guard down. And, yeah, you know, I think the other personalities on the team are like pretty laid back and just want to be her friend. And she's just like, where's the angle? What do you want from me? You know, right. Chill out, Cassie, like take
0: it for what it is. But, um, but, but but that's her past damage talking, right. That's just, you know, so, mm-hmm. I think it it really makes the, you know, that's a, again, it feels very real to me that that is, she react, responds that way and that it is hard for some of us to, you know, tr- or for people to trust again once they've been burned. And I, you know, I think that's a really sort of a natural response. So, and the whole sure. thing, you know, it's such a fun story. You know, of course, it's, I mean, this is, you know, I say that all, you know, we're digging into all these bits and pulling it apart, but it is, it is really a, um, a really a fast paced you know page turner I think there's a but what's amazing about the way you do it I think and super admirable is that on top of that there's all these wonderful layers that when you so it's the kind of book you read in a night so be prepared like start early or plan to not get right, very right, much right, sleep. right. And, um and but then you know but then it sticks with you because there's these things that are universal and are um and are you know they're not this is not just a sort of superficial story there's a lot of stuff that happens to these characters that is real and 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 traumatic and you know little t big t you know trauma's trauma and all that so it's super yeah. well done and so fun. Yeah. Um I want you to talk to us about the fact that you're not only like an incredible thriller writer, you're also you have a rom com <laughs> coming out and I think that's so amazing. So um tell us a little bit about about that book which is yeah. coming out Wait, well, it you? came out. Yeah, it came oh, out. Oh, sorry. Couple... Okay, yeah. No, no, it's Tell okay.
1: us about it. Yeah, so it's called Hazel Fine sings along, um, and I wrote it under a pseudonym, um, Katie Wicks, and it's about a woman um, in a singing competition, like American Idol meets The Voice, um, and it's she sort of feels like it's her last chance to get the career that she wants. But you know, this is probably my thriller writer talking. She has a secret. <laughs> and um, if the secret comes out, you know it's it could jeopardize her future. And of course, it's a rom com, so there's a man, there's yes. a happy. Man. Um, but it's funny actually because um originally, and have you seen her? There was the ending was a lot hap- like a lot mm-hmm. happier. And mm-hmm. uh, my editor, who knew I was writing this rom com, was like, "I think your rom com is is infecting." <laughs> <laughs> The ending of this book, like, and I'm like, no, you're right. You're right. I need to, um, up the menace at the end of the book for sure. So, yeah, I mean, you know, I, so I practiced law for, as you said, the top for a very long time. And I, I published a book a year while I was practicing law and I stopped practicing, um, near the end of 2020, for various reasons, but, um, I was like, okay, we'll I have way more time on my hands now, obviously. Yeah. Um, writing and, and, you know, we've been talking about some of the dark themes in the book, like, you know, you write thrillers, like those are a dark place to yes. be in. And and even if my thrillers, I don't actually consider that dark in terms of on the page, there's not a right. lot of violence. No, nothing right. happens to children. You know, I don't do things like that, but, um, uh, like I could think of much, much darker books than, than mine, but it is still no dark
0: to,
1: to live when you're writing those. And so I just wanted to write something fun. Yeah. <laughs> like, just light and fun and that where I could make myself laugh while I was writing yes. it and, and help the other people. And so yeah, that's been super fun. I actually have a second one um coming out next year called Chloe Baker's Lost Date. Um and yeah, it's you know, I actually started off my career writing. I was Nick Hornby, but um they thought I was writing chicklet. I don't know. Nobody likes shoes or clothing in my books, but um, <laughs> you know, um, but that is what I started off writing is romantic comedies and with a little bit of heft to them, I think. That's yeah. the sort of the way that I write. And and so, and you know, I stopped writing those for various reasons, but also the market changes and it was so nice to see like suddenly people are reading Emily Henry and Carly Fortune. Yes, yeah. And, and it's come back into, into I don't even want to say fashion because I think there was always a market, but it's come back into like publishing fashion. Yeah, right. Give these books a chance. And, and um, so it's been fun to to dip my toe into that. And then um, I'm sure we'll get, you know, whatever, but I'm precipitating a question. My next project is actually kind of marrying the two in, in a way. Tell us. Yeah. yeah so um, I sold a funny mystery series um you are busy I'm busy I'm too busy but yeah, <laughs> yeah so the first of those the first book is called every time I die I go on vacation someone dies Cute. and yeah and it's about a woman who has a long running mystery series and the protagonist is based on a real person and she's just sick of him and they're on the 10th anniversary tour in Italy and she wants to kill him in the like in the next book and she's literally plotting his death and he comes up to her and he's like, someone's trying to kill me. Um, and so they're on tour with a bunch of other mystery writers. And um, so it's just super fun to to write it. Um, that is and, so fun. Yeah, super fun. And um, I um, need to start writing book two. So I've never done a series before.
0: Have you? Oh done God, a- i did done uh, almost all series. I've had- Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah three different series and then four standalones. so I yeah I'm a series writer I of course none of my books started as a series every book I wrote as a standalone and then they were like oh we want this to be a series and then I would sort of go back and massage parts of it um it is right. fun though no, it's fun to go back to the same people like it's kind of like visiting old friends and I still like I, I you know the book that came out this week was the third book at the end of the series that I was working on, and, and I'm like, I have another book I want to write in the Annabelle Schwartzman series, which has been done for a while. So we'll see. It's, but I'm not as good as, I, I'm clearly not as good as you are about writing more than one book a year. I tend to be like, oh, well, that seems like enough for me. So, but no, I no, love- I
1: mean, I, I, you know, my joke always was like, if I got paid more, I'd write less. So, you know, uh, yes, I, I want I, to go back to writing one book a year. Let's, let's be clear. Yes. But, um, and that is the the plan um going forward. But, but the the fun thing about it, or I think this was always planned as a series. And so that meant me approaching yeah. my main character in particular in a very different way. And, and for me, I always knew a book was finished when I didn't think about these people anymore. I had no right. questions about them. I was like, other authors talk about missing their characters. I've never missed a single person that I've ever written ever. I give them zero thought once a book is over. Sometimes now I do um book clubs for books that are a couple years old I'm like oh yeah what's that person called again you know yeah (laughs) right well
0: that's yeah that's hard to keep track of for sure but that's a good but now you are you're thinking
1: about now yeah so now I have to like live in it and then on top of it which is like the super exciting news is um I did sell the it is also in development for tv and I'm writing the pilot and so so fun I know so that's a whole different thing too where it's like adapting it the story for, and I mean, I signed the contract literally the day before the writer strike started. So uh, I'm on strike. Uh, yes. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. But, but um, it is thinking about, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to break your own story. Yeah. So close after I finished writing it. Right. And I, you know, I had to like pitch my version of the TV show. And I was saying to my manager, I'm like, I have to go pitch for a job I already have. On a project I've already sold. <laughs> right. Just, it's it's a weird, it's a weird uh way of going about it. But um but anyway, they liked my pitch and they said yes to my pitch and then we went on strike. So Oh well um, that hey, that's yeah.
0: still super exciting. And I do hope the strike is for so many reasons ending soon because god, a lot yeah. of people are it's a that's a really hard situation to be in. So um so yeah. you so now is the is the mystery out this year? Next year. Yeah, okay. Next. Week. Okay. Next. Week. Yeah. You're gonna have a lot of stuff out. It sounds like you're yeah. gonna be like
1: yeah, two three yeah, books yeah. But but again, like the idea is to then go down to. Yes, of course. Like com- I have two books this year. I'll have two books next year. But the idea is to like just be doing the eventually, one book. <laughs> yeah.
0: Eventually, okay. just exactly yeah, one just book the one, a year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And and but again, like I'm happy to do those things. And what's been so fun to write Vacation is that it's funny and it's, yeah. it's, it's just fun to write. Like I yeah. would literally sit in this office and be laughing right with myself, you know, and, and, but to be able to wrap that around like a really good, hopefully good mystery that people don't, um, you know, don't, can't figure out on the first page. Um, right which is always the goal, obviously. Yes. So just, People yeah, yeah. and there's some romance. And so it's like, I, I'm kind of like melding all the threads. It into- sounds so
0: fun. Well, I, and the first book is called, you just, uh, Everywhere." every time I go on vacation, someone I can't even
1: say, it. every time I go on vacation, someone dies. So, I love yeah.
0: it. That's so fun. Okay, well, show us the beautiful cover for yeah. this book because the focus on is this. And that book okay. is coming out. Um, June 27th. How- June 27th and this will this our show is airing on June 29th so we that means as you're listening yeah as you're listening to this have you seen ours available and you can also go find how do you spell wicks
1: for your w-i-c-k-s that's a good that would be make sense
0: so Katie Wicks
1: Hazel Hazel Fine Sings Along yeah
0: Hazel Fine Sings Along so lots of books to check out from um, Catherine and um so exciting I love your book. Thank you for being here with us today to share all your incredible news. That is just fabulous. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And congrats on your book. Thank you so much. This has been Killer Women with Catherine McKenzie and we will see you next time. Bye.